Father, today, thank you so much for being good. Lord, I just pray as we open up your word now, Lord, that you would speak to us. God, show us exactly what we need to hear. And Lord, this time is yours. We're your people, and we're inviting you to speak to us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, I pray that uh, your 21 days of prayer and fasting is going well. And I want you to know, if you maybe have fallen off or haven't started, and you're like, what in the heck is 21 days? You can be a part of that uh, right now. You can join us maybe in the middle. You're going to miss out a little bit, but you can join right now. Uh, if you want to be a part of that and receive some daily text updates, just text 57838 and text 21 days to that number. 57838, 21 days. And uh, reply yes to that text. And um, you're going to get daily updates uh, as we walk through Acts 2. And that's what we're going to pick up today. But we want to walk through that together because uh, during this time of, it just feels like uh, up and down, a little bit of turmoil. Um, I believe just as the book of Acts is really starting up, when the Holy Spirit shows up, all of the same kind of things is really happening in that known world at the time. I mean, there's political unrest. Uh, there's money problems. Uh, Rome's taking over the world. Uh, there's a lot of fear and anxiety. And yet in the middle of all of those things, you see the power of God show up on the scene and do absolutely incredible things. So we as the church want to look in and go, all right, during this time, what was the church doing? That's why we're taking a dive into exactly what this book is talking about. And we want to find out, really during this 21 days, ask God, God, what do you want to do with us? Because I don't know if you know it or not, but the book of Acts is still being written, and actually you're a part of that book. It's not finished. The book of Acts is actually the acts of the Holy Spirit. It's actually the things that the Holy Spirit is doing. And until the end of age, the Holy Spirit is here among us, and He is using and involved in the church today. You're actually a part of the writing of this book. And so we want to dive in and go, God, what does it look like to walk this thing out today? Picking up at Acts 2, and here's where we start. Remember last week we talked about Acts 1, and we talked about how Jesus, as He's uh, about to leave this earth, He says, listen, times and seasons, these things that you're asking me about times and seasons, they're not for you to know. But here's what is for you to know, that my power and presence is coming to be upon you. And you're going to have a purpose. I'm going to give you a brand new purpose in this day. You're going to be my witness. That means you're going to tell of what I've done. You're going to tell of the experience of my presence. You're going to tell of me. That's the purpose that he gives the early church. As soon as he gives them that, he leaves. And, it's, and, the, and chapter 1 says that the people are, are stuck just looking into heaven going, now what? This guy just left like that. Two angels show up and say, hey, listen, why are you guys staring in the clouds today? This same Jesus that you see leaving is coming again. Prepare yourself. Upon that declaration, they go back into the town of Jerusalem and begin praying. We pick it up in Acts chapter 2. Some of y'all have been reading through this if you've been joining our 21 days. But I want to backtrack a little bit. And today I want to talk about a little bit about the Holy Spirit the next couple of weeks. Who is the Holy Spirit? What can we expect of Him? What does He do? Such a mystery. Don't hear much about Him. And it can be a little bit scary when we talk about the Holy Spirit. He's like the unspoken person of the Trinity. We talk about God, we talk about Jesus, but we don't talk about the Holy Spirit. He's a person, and He's meant to be known intimately. In fact, the Scripture points that His presence is actually inside of you if you're a believer in Jesus, if you've trusted Him. 
Let's check, check this out. Acts 2, starting in verse 1. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then, what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them the ability. There's a couple of things that I, I notice as we, as we read that passage. The word that sticks out to me the most is suddenly. Suddenly. Suddenly just means quick or unexpected. But as we look at, at this passage, this wasn't so suddenly to God. You see, he had planned this. He knew this was coming. Those sudden moments that feel unexpected are never unexpected to God. I just want to remind us, the things that feel unexpected today that we're walking through, this doesn't catch God off guard. And in fact, God loves you and he cares for you. And he's going to see you through these unexpected moments in the same way that he saw the church through unexpected times. Check this out. Uh, all of the sudden, though, is not so sudden because of this. 500 years before this actually happens, Ezekiel is written. In the book of Ezekiel, chapter 36 Verse 27, here's what is said by the prophet Ezekiel. He says that, uh, God, I, he will put my spirit within you, is what it says, and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. So 500 years before the Holy Spirit actually shows up, this guy says, here's what's about to happen. The presence and power of God is actually going to reside within you, and it's going to cause you to change who you are. Your very spirit, your very person, your very desires, you will be a new creation, if you will. This was 500 years before. So the sudden wind of the power of God wasn't so sudden to God. This was planned all along. But why did God come with tongues of fire? It's a, it's a, it seems odd. But if you think back, think back to Genesis 11. Do you remember what happens in the beginning? God creates earth and he gets to this place where the people have just largely forgotten him and they're doing whatever they want. And he brings a judgment. He brings a flood. You've heard of Noah's Ark. But after Noah's Ark, here's what happens. The earth starts to be repopulated and a group of people, a large group of people, they say, here's what we're going to do. Let's build a giant tower so that this thing, this judgment never happens again. We're going to protect ourselves. We're going to prove that we can sustain ourselves. And if God ever decides to flood the place, guess what? We're going to be okay. Good luck. God can't touch us. And so what happens in Genesis chapter 11 is, as they're building this giant tower, or erecting this giant temple or place of worship to themselves, it says that God looks down and notices that they, are all, they, all, they all need a change in their life. And here's what he does. He causes their languages to, to change. Nobody speaks the same language. All of a sudden, it was like that, and God changed languages. So what's happening in Acts chapter 2? I believe as Ezekiel continues talking about what's going to happen in 500 years, a few verses later, here's what Ezekiel says. He says, On the day that I cleanse you from all of your iniquities, I will cause the cities to be inhabited, and the waste places shall be rebuilt. Verse 35 says, and they will say, this land that was desolate has become like the Garden of Eden. Do you understand what he's saying? He says, 
Do you understand that when my presence shows up, I'm going to make all those curses right. I'm going to fix the things that were broken. People are going to look into what I'm doing in certain people's lives and they're going to go, what is that? It's perfect. That's special. So where is the role of the church in all of this? You see, as Ezekiel's talking in chapter 36, he's talking about how when the presence comes upon these people, that they're going to be rebuilders. They're going to be people who go into broken situations and bring life. Life that was designed from the beginning, God's original intent of Eden. God's perfect design is brought back through the kingdom of God, through his presence at work within his people. That's what Ezekiel said 500 years before. Now we pick it up in Acts 2, and the presence of God comes down in a great wind all of a sudden. But this is all a part of God's plan. Do you see God's original intent? Do you see God's design? Do you see his desire written 500 years before? As we pick up in Acts, I believe the same calling on the church that day is the call on the church today, that we enter broken situations and circumstances and that we right the wrong, that we bring life where there's devastation, that we rebuild the walls, that when everybody else is feeling the burn in all of these things, they can look to a people who are stable and set, not afraid because we know who the king is, not afraid because we have power and presence in our life in the midst of our present. This is the design for the church and is still the design for the church today. God's wanting to reveal his life through his church. But here's how. His spirit says, I will cause. That means it's all his work. It's all about him. It's all his glory. It's all his doing. It's not in our power, our authority, our gifts. It's all him. So here's where we can sit back and relax. We can actually rest knowing that the power and presence is not about us. It's about him. But, but Jay, here's my question. How, how do I know this is the Holy Spirit kind of stuff? You know, we, we see all kind of weird stuff about the Holy Spirit. How do I know it's really the Holy Spirit? You ever asked that question? I bet you have. Many people are asking right now, how do I know what the Holy Spirit really is? Jesus shared in John chapter 14, 26, and I want to share three things for you to really know what the Holy Spirit is. John 14, 26, and Jesus says, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he's going to teach you all things, and he's going to remind you of everything that I have said to you. The first thing that we, we recognize and can know uh, the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit will never say anything that contradicts Jesus' words. You see, the Holy Spirit is only going to bring to remembrance the things that Jesus has already de declared to you. This week in your time through 21 days, here's what I'm going to ask that you would do and maybe create a brand new rhythm of your life. I want to introduce you to something that's going to be life-giving to you and to, to the people around you. But I'm going to ask that, would you ask God for a name? Do you ever get a name that just pops into your head? What do you do with it? I want to encourage you, would you listen to that? Would you think about maybe why that name has come to your mind? Maybe it's a random person that just comes to your mind or comes to your mind. You're like, I don't know why I'm thinking of them right now. But I can always rest assured that the things that are brought to my remembrance, I'm supposed to do something with it. What am I supposed to do with those things? I'm supposed to say the things that Jesus said. 
So when that name comes to your mind this week, and I just believe that God's about to use this in somebody's life, would you just speak the things or the life over that person through a text, through a phone call, through in-person communication, but tell them the things of Jesus. Tell them something uh, that Jesus has told them. Tell them a truth that Jesus has said to you. Give them that encouragement, and then trust that God's about to use that in that person's life. But the Holy Spirit is never going to say something that contradicts the words of Jesus. In fact, he's going to bring to remembrance those words of Jesus. The second thing, that the Holy Spirit, how we know him, the Holy Spirit will never say anything that contradicts Jesus. But the second thing is, Holy Spirit will often contradict human logic. He's never going to contradict Jesus' words, but he is going to contradict our logic. Sometimes I think, I mean, it's just a thought, Jay. Don't make it weird. Don't don't make it weird. But he always uh, confounds. When I look in the scriptures, when the Spirit shows up, there's there's some level of confusion, amazement, but confusion. We're going to see that next couple weeks. 1 Corinthians 1, 27 says, But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. I don't have that, actually an experience of this this week. Uh, we were thinking about what to do during this 21 days. And after 21 days, what are we going to do with West Hills? Like, how do we get back together when the school is not opening the doors? We don't know what to do. So we thought, God, what do you want to do? We looked in the scripture and we found Acts chapter 20. Here's what was going down. The first day of the week, uh, they, they were meeting together in homes They broke bread, and Paul taught till midnight. We're not going to teach till midnight. Uh, But we thought, Acts chapter 20, they met in their home on the first day of the week, and they broke bread. Let's do it. Why not? Let's do it. That's why we want to encourage you. If you're not in a life group, would you join a life group? That might be super weird for you. You're like, man, listen, Jay, I've I've gone to church my whole life, but I've never been really connected to people. I don't even like people. I understand. I really do. There's some days I don't like people either. But I want to encourage you, like what the church really calls us into, if you want to experience the full presence of God, then it really calls you to actually walk with other people. And that's just an invitation. And it's going to be scary at first. I just want to tell you, like it's actually kind of scary. You walk into a room, you don't know people. It's, it's scary. Why don't you grab a friend and uh, invite them as well? If you're interested in that, uh, go on our website. Right now the link's going to come up. And you can, you can click that link and just let us know that you're interested in a life group. We're going to connect with you personally and help you connect. But here's what happens. So uh, we, might, we write this plan and we say, hey, every week let's meet in homes. And then once a month, here's what we're planning. At the end of the month in January, we're going to announce to you, we want to gather all of those groups together and we just want to throw a party. We want to have a giant service with all of us together at the end of June. And we're looking forward to that. But until then... Home groups is where we're going. But here's what happened. The day after we talked to our life group leaders, I get this email from the school. The day after, what's the coincidence in all that? The day after, they say, hey, listen, we're going to open up the school to you guys June 7th. So we had a decision to make. We said, man, why the heck did it happen like that? Why? And and we write this plan. We start to communicate it out. And then they come to us the next day. We said, this can't be an accident. God wanted us to look for a plan. And had it happened in any other timeline, in any other way, we'd be doing it differently. But we want to continue with that plan. We want to see what God does. And I just believe through Acts 20, 
that they were breaking bread in their homes. They were meeting together. They were walking life together. And they were watching uh, the, the Spirit move in great power. It was transformative. And you know, in order to be transformed, you've got to do something different. There's a law on that. To do the same thing, you're going to get the same result. So if you desire to see transformation in your life, you've got to do, do some things that are challenging to you, that, that you might not uh, really want because it's not something comfortable. But if you desire a transform, transformation in your life today, I'm going to invite you. Would you walk with us in this season? Would you connect with others? And the way you're going to do that is through that link. Let's connect together. And let's trust that maybe, just maybe, as we're praying as a church, God's actually writing the plan. We're not actually writing the plan. Guess what? We're not actually in control of this thing. Times and seasons are ordained, and we're trusting God for big things in this season. The third thing, how do you really know that it's Holy Spirit? How do you really know? I mean, how do I know that the Holy Spirit's in that service or in that person? How do I know the Holy Spirit's in that business doing that kind of stuff? Here's how you know. 1 John chapter 4, and it all hinges here. It's actually very simple. You can actually have great discernment in knowing what the Holy Spirit is today. Scripture says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Okay, listen up. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh and is from God, and every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard was coming and is now in the world already. The third thing is this. The Holy Spirit always points to the person of Jesus. The Holy Spirit is always pushing you to see Jesus. Always pushing you to see the wonder of what He has done. It is all about Jesus. And today, if you've gotten it twisted, if you've, if you've heard great teaching, and guess what? The center of the message is you. Then I, I, I want to invite you just to maybe think about this. That just maybe there's something more. Because the person of Jesus is what this whole thing is about. You see, there's an invitation from the Holy Spirit to you today. Would you come and taste and see that He is good? It's not on us. It's on the person of Jesus and all that He has done for us. Life is found in Jesus. He is the truth. All of the sudden moments of history actually hinge on the person of Jesus. That's a big statement. Everything points to the reality of the truth. Everything. Everything is pointing to the person of Jesus. And if you know that, it's a good starting point to making sense of everything that's around us today. John 14, 26, and here's what I want to speak personally to some people today. John 14, 26 says, The Holy Spirit is going to remind you of the things that Jesus has said. Here's what I've been praying for you. Here's what I'm expecting actually today. There's some people that have been hearing the words of Jesus. Those things have been coming to your mind often. Here's what we are aware from what the Bible says. This is not what I'm saying. This is what the Bible says. That the Holy Spirit's job is actually bring to your remembrance, bringing to your memory, bringing to your mind the things that Jesus has said. If he's doing that, then he wants to get 
your attention. Maybe you've had a desire. Maybe there's, a, there's something rising within you that you want more. Maybe you uh, secretly have actually wanted to follow Jesus, yet you've been pretty terrified to actually ever step in and experience. You've been terrified of the place of surrender. You feel like, if I, if I lose control right now, it's too terrifying. I can't do it. But I want to invite you, and I just want to maybe speak this over your life today, that if this scripture is right, that he's actually calling you, that he's actually been calling you for a time, and he's been speaking his truth over your life, reminding you of his works, and inviting you into way more than you're experiencing today. This is the beauty of the person of Jesus that we follow. He never gives up on us. It says that he stands at the door of a heart and he knocks. If anybody hears and hears the knock and actually comes to the door and opens, the scripture says that Jesus himself, the person of the Holy Spirit, that's all tied up in one in this weird kind of way, the person of Jesus is going to come and enter your life and he's going to share a meal with you. He's going to have a deep relationship to the point that you become one. You're actually the person of Jesus. The presence of Jesus is going to indwell you. Have you sensed that knocking at your heart today? Have you sensed it maybe this week? Maybe you sensed it when you were a child. I promise you that that knock is still there. And if you're sitting there wondering, man, I wonder if that's me, probably have had that moment. And I guarantee you that knock is still happening. And there's still a pull. And the day that you decide that you'll open that door, he will enter in and there will be a, a, a wind of his presence that enters your life if you would just open the door. I invite you, even right now, would you, would you open that door? And when we say be filled with the Holy Spirit, what, what does that actually mean? A filling is just an invitation to set me apart for your purpose. A filling is that there's no room left for anything else. So when you say, Holy Spirit, fill me, you're saying, I don't, I don't want room for anything else. I want my life's passion and purpose to be about your presence. It's all about you. This is when, this is when, in this place of surrender, that God will do immeasurably more than you could ever think or imagine in that place. I want to invite you right where you are, whatever space of life that you're in right now, if you desire that filling, if you desire that you would have nothing held back from him today, would you just welcome him? Welcome him to fill your life. Welcome him to fill, fill the places when you go to your work. Welcome him to fill every space of your life as you wake up in the morning for your family. Welcome him just to fill your mind in the car as you go. Would you invite him? Would you welcome his presence into your life right now? Just right now, right where you are, if that's you, just going to invite you just to pray that. Would you just invite him? Jesus, you're welcome here.